Hey, Pete. Hey, man. Uh, your chair in the pod cave is gathering dusk. You coming home anytime soon? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to be back, man. Keep, keep it warm for you, please. I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you from around the globe. From around the globe. Now, last time we we spoke, you were in Colorado. Where are you at tonight? Yeah, right now I'm in um, um, beautiful Palo Alto, or actually Stanford, uh, California. Palo Alto, I think. Palo Alto? Okay, so the connection looks a little... Connection looks a little grainy, which I'm a little disappointed in Palo Alto. You would think... That they would have like perfect yeah. high speed, you know, you know what I mean? I think either like the uh, Facebook campus or the Apple campus is sucking all the uh, <laughs> internet out of my my Wi-Fi in my hotel room. But it's good to be back with you. And it's uh, we had a little funny thing earlier today that um, we were back and forth, and I was very excited because I thought this was our 200th episode, and yeah. you informed me that I I'm off by a little bit. Yeah, it's like 282. <laughs> we totally <laughs> skipped close. the 200. It, it feels like 200, man. It feels like 200. We're gonna to have me, to do so. it up for 300. <laughs> Tell you what. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so today, I think we have a speak pipe, right? Yeah, we do. We do. So let's get to it. Is that me playing it? I yeah, you it Hi, guys. Josh from Melbourne here. Love the podcast. I've been listening to a bit of Chick Corea's music recently, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on his style of playing, any album recommendations, uh, and just your general thoughts about his music. Um, if my memory serves correctly, I don't believe you've spoken much about uh, his music in the, on the podcast before. I could be completely wrong. And if so, just ignore this question. But um, if that's not the case and you haven't uh, spoken much, I'd love to hear about your thoughts about his music um, and how he goes about uh, playing the piano. Anyway, keep up the good work. Always listening. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Josh. And, um, uh... Are you actually always listening now? Have you listened to all 278 <laughs> episodes to really say that Yo, we've never mentioned Chick Corea? 282. Possibly. 282. <laughs> oh, 282. Sorry, I'm already forgetting. <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much. I'm just joking. Um, Josh, thank you. Love the accent. Love Australia. Love Melbourne. I love Australia, but like Melbourne is my hands-on favorite city in Australia, so that's always fun. Man, I've to, never been, and everybody says somebody. that. Everybody says it's like art capital of Australia. It's It's dope. Dude, there's so, there's I can give you a list of about five things off the top of my head that are so great in Melbourne. Any one of them individually would keep you from ever coming back to your beautiful family. You would you would leave oh, the man. coffee, uh, the the vibe, the architecture. The yeah, it's it's, it's great. I'm so a sucker for all that. All right, it's, it's super cool that that uh, we have listeners there. Yeah, well, and and thanks, yeah, Josh, for that. Uh, I love Chick Corea. And I know you yeah. are a huge Chick fan, too. And but you sounded kind of defensive there. He, I think he put us on the defensive well, he, a little bit, Yeah, right? well, I mean, I realize we might not. I feel like he's been in most of our, like, top seven lists in some way. Right. Like, but certainly he's been, he has been, I think, under underrepresented. Because really, I mean, for, you know, I think that, that you know, in terms of his impact on the music and impact on me and probably you as well. For how much we rip him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if we're not talking about him every episode, we're under talking it's about so true. him. So yeah. <laughs> we're playing him every gig, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um yeah, I mean I think it's 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 a great kind of reminder. And I, I think from I actually heard last night we had a really fun event right right in the space where you are now in our open studio um, studios. We had our very first live at Open Studio event, and we had uh, Jeff Keezer, the great Jeffrey Keezer, the legendary Jeffrey Keezer, and his right. trio 
Um, and he actually told me a little story about Chick Corea as, as we were getting some work done on the piano. And he said that Chick Corea had told him recently that what he's doing now is if he's going to some city that they don't have like a kind of usual piano or one that he knows at the venue or something, or there's some kind of choice. And instead of being like, it has to be this brand or this model, he always says, um, talk to the technician or he wants to talk to him or have his people and the best technician in town, whichever piano they think is best. Like that's the, you know, I was like, what, what a smart thing, Super smart. you know, and that's c- kind of coming from Chick Corea. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ch- Chick, Chick Corea uh, is, 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 you know, I, I always kind of end up lumping him together with Herbie Hancock, which is a nice place for those two guys to be lumped together. Yeah, and they're contemporaries. You know, of course, yeah. they're contemporaries. They've recorded together. They've toured together. I saw them a couple oh, of years man. ago on that great tour. Those duo, those duo concerts are so good. Yeah, and that's so fun because, I mean, they did it years ago, and then they did it, um, I'm saying a couple of years ago, maybe it was like four years ago, but yeah. they, it's, it's, that's the kind of thing that could really be a gimmick. You know, it's like, who wouldn't want to see Chick Corea and Herb? And then sometimes it can be a little underwhelming. It's yeah. not exactly 100% plus 100%, but their thing is like, they both were going places that I never really hear them go, so yeah. they seem to really enjoy it and inspired by it. That's great. Um, you know, for, for me, Chick is, is always defined by the two albums that like I played on repeat as a kid which were uh, now he sings now he sobs and light as a feather yep. you know i mean those are two of his you know m- most classic recordings and uh, i'll never ever forget i mean i could still picture it now in my like 84 chevy s10 popping in for the very first time on the way home from like borders <laughs> in sunset hills like now he sings now he sobs into my it wasn't even into the into the council cd player this was the 90s, right. so I was a CD player, but it was a CD player that was like sitting here and it went to a tape. You know what I'm talking about? Remember those? Yep. And like went into your tape player and connected to your CD player so you could play CDs? Yep. That's the first time I heard. Now he sings that. That's a very vivid, lengthy description of me putting on a CD. But it was, uh, I mean, I was just like the very first, when he comes out of the gate in Matrix, I'll never, ever forget it, you know. He was in Matrix too. That dude's been everywhere, man. It's amazing. Uh, re, re, it's amazing. Matrix revisited or first Matrix? <laughs> no, the first Matrix. <laughs> no, you know it's like an F blue. It took me like, it took me like a week to realize it was an F blues. I know. You know it's just like the hippest F blues ever. It really yeah. is, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those those two records for me too were like huge. I actually, the record, the first record that I heard with with Chikoria was the Mad Hatter though. Oh, that was like yeah. the first LP and. Um, Actually, Diane Davenport uh, had that record. Diane Davenport is Jeremy Davenport, a great trumpeter and, and a friend of mine for many years growing up. She had that record in her collection, and we, when we both sort of started getting interested in jazz, I was going through, and what drew me to it was the was you know the crazy outfit and everything that he had on. Um, in that you know that's Humpty Dumpty's on there yeah. and um, Tweedledum and just a bunch of cool stuff. And the record's so cool, like the liner notes and the picture and. And everything, but I they really just talking about this and, and for you. Well, as soon as you mentioned borders, I already could figure out the rest of the lineage of what you were saying. I already had a picture of that anyway, you know. But it's but it's great when there was a time when a play like a a, a how you got the CD or the LP or whatever, or, right. and then and then it puts you back in there with the music and everything, and 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 how that of course just hearing it too puts you back there. Yeah, but it's like I can almost imagine it how it sounded. You, know? you couldn't you couldn't just like open your phone up and just find this new record someone recommended. You had to like wait a couple of days where you had a, a had a break and go to Borders and pick up the exactly. album. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that yeah. but that that for me now he sings now he sounds probably the most influential uh, and just one of my favorite all time recordings. Um, right. Yeah. And the thing with Chick too that I love to 
to think about is like he has some techniques that you don't see other pianists. First of all, like I always when I see him live or see a video of him, like his hands never match the sound to me. I always feel mm. like he should be like this. Right. But yep, it's yep, yep. so smooth. Right. You know, like his hands are just gliding across and he gets this percussive attack. And I'm like, yep. man, how are you doing that? And then the other thing is how much left hand follows him up the keyboard on some of these right. runs. You know, that's that's inspiring because I don't I don't do enough of that. Yeah, his stuff is is the way he integrates his hands is a very unique way that he does it. And a lot of it is, you know, melodically, there, there's very little separation, if any, between what he wants to do. And I, yeah. I think that I just was remembering the first time I saw him live and maybe I maybe I saw a video of him or saw him on TV or something, but I think it was probably live. And I'd listened to his recordings and stuff so much. I had the same thing, what you just mentioned, that I was shocked that he was moving so little. Like his economy, I realized later, it was like really advanced technique and that his economy of motion of what he wanted to do. But everything that I'd heard him play, even especially like on roads and stuff, like he had so much nuance to the almost percussive side of of, of the piano and the roads and stuff. And that how he would attack and like, you know, come, you know, put his phrasing together really with that articulation that you just assume that it's all like wild finger and hand gesticulations yeah. and he's so like controlled it. So at first I saw, I was like, Oh man, is he like sick or something? But then I'm listening. I was like, Whoa, no, it still sounds killer. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like that. And it's, it's, it just shows you like, you know, if you get that really good technique ingrained in, in you and, and for him, it was probably at a pretty young age and stuff. And then be able to create the sounds that you want to with those different things. You don't have to change up your, your so-called correct technique that much, you know. He's got this snap in his sound, right? But he's not snapping his fingers. He's making the hammer snap the string, you know, with exactly. this really efficient motion. It's, man, that's, it's really amazing. So, so incredible. Yeah. Another memory I had about, I'm just, this is so cool to kind of just hear this and respond because, um, you know, Spain was such a pivotal thing for, for me at, at that time because that's actually, I heard this, the, the tune before I actually heard Chick Corea or even knew who he was because I was in middle school and our high school jazz band. Oh, yeah. Played it, you know, played the that staple. Those, those, uh, the staple, especially <laughs> during that time, you yeah. know. It's still a staple because the charts are like still around because they cut the funding to the school. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's, but that was a hard arrangement they played. And Todd Williams, great saxophonist, I remember, took this. I mean, Korean, like who, the composer, I didn't know he was like a pianist. I was like, he's some big band composer or something, you know. Yeah, and then when I kind of realized he was and then started kind of going down the rabbit hole of, of, of records that he was on, again, kind of looking first at different recordings that he was on and stuff and seeing that. But that song just compositionally resonated with me so much. And yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's a reason that's kind of been a hit song beyond just high school bands. But I think it's very smart, like to if I was ever directing a high school band, that that tune and a number of tunes like that that some people would be like no you got to give them like the real deal and you got to start them with older and, and that's fusion or whatever i think that's bs because that it, it's it's so advanced compositionally and yeah. at the same time there's so much for a younger person a younger musician to just hold on to and and kind of and you know you're holding on for dear life a little bit but it really gives you a lot melodically and rhythmically and such a cool thing you it know, sounds cool it's, it's a perfect entree it's an aspirational kind of thing i think for musicians at that level you're right it's very cool yeah well thank yeah. you josh for the call uh if you would like to uh leave us a, a message and and 
see if we can uh, speak about your favorite artist that we underrepresent <laughs> on this exactly. podcast. Uh, you Ooh, can. I like I like the seething bitterness that's just cr- coming across via the internet, bro. I just had to exciting. reassemble our podcast. So no, I didn't do any of it. That's actually. true. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can go to youllhearit.com. You can leave us a message. You can leave us a voicemail. You can get some you'll hear it swag. We got the t-shirts. Uh, I think we're yeah. about to get some seven star t-shirts up in here. Hello. You know what Is I mean? Is that gonna fit? That's going to be the extra large and XXL only. Yeah. We're, we're, on the mediums and smalls, we're going five. So look out for the seven-star T-shirts. And uh, yeah, yeah. When are you getting back, if, Pete? I'm getting back uh, just in a couple of days. So okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be, I'll be reunited with you very shortly in the podcast. I was just going to say though that um, folks, if you have some you know interesting Chick Corea stories, uh, we want to hear those too. And and maybe you could go to YouTube.com. Boom, 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 HTTP, boom, 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 YouTube.com, and find today's episode, as are most of our episodes, unless we're part of a pending lawsuit, will be available on YouTube, you know, that our attorney, Andrew, is uh, defending us in. But otherwise, you know, you could go there. We're getting some nice little, I don't know if you've made it over the comments yet. I know we got a lot of different places we have comments, but I, I dove in last week a little bit earlier this week and had a lot of fun and yeah. some, some really nice folks some avid listeners and that's a fun place to kind of talk about the episode and we'd love to hear your feedback it's definitely not uh, yours adam okay well i'd love to hear yours too i'm saying i'm, I'm saying for the people go ahead you'll hear it <laughs> oh <that's laughs> i just it? i okay. cut it <laughs> <laughs> wow nice <laughs>